This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Thanks for tuning in again this week for a new episode. Trisha and I wanted to let our listeners know that while we are continuing to release new episodes that are not directly related to the Black Lives Matter movement going on in the world around us, that does not mean that we have forgotten or that we are choosing to ignore the issues at hand. We stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, and we are committed to doing our part to undo the racist policies that are woven into society through systemic racism and oppression. If you want to know more about how to do that, one resource is our episode titled How to Communicate as a White Ally, Black Lives Matter. We encourage you to also continue the conversation with your family and friends to not let the momentum of this movement end. With that being said, we are happy you are here to learn new ways to be a better communicator. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today, we are going to talk about something that is incredibly important, something that everyone experiences from time to time, and that is loneliness. Being lonely is a natural part of human life. It does happen from time to time, but we as humans are wired to be social creatures, so sometimes that loneliness can feel very discouraging, it can be upsetting, it can cause depression, and There's even a TED Talk, I believe, that we can reference in the show notes that talks about the physical effects of loneliness and how I think it was something like smoking two packs a day is the equivalent of being lonely or socially isolated. And so today we want to talk about our own experiences with being lonely as well as how we work through them. Now, obviously, everyone's experience is a little different, so nothing we say in this episode is an end-all, be-all, here is what you do. We're just going to talk through some of the strategies that have worked for us, particularly because right now is a unique time in the world. We are experiencing a pandemic. We are experiencing the Black Lives Matter movement. We're experiencing so many things that have really gotten us thinking, and in certain ways, especially with stay-at-home orders, we're facing more isolation than we're used to, and so a lot of people have been reacting with increased feelings of loneliness, although I think it's also gone the other way, too. There's a lot of unifying, there are a lot of unifying factors in all that we're going through. We just want to talk about that in general. That's a great way that you put that, though. There's a lot of unifying factors, but there is still a lot of waves of loneliness, and in my personal experience, again, Trisha, you said that, you know, I want to reiterate, we are not medical nor mental health professionals, but we both have experienced feelings of loneliness, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. But in my personal experience of loneliness, it has been more of waves, right? And while I have felt the unifying effects of the things that are happening right now, both Black Lives Matter and COVID-19, There have been a lot of waves of loneliness, and in my previous experiences in different cities and different life stages, I've also had lots of different deep and more shallow waves of loneliness, and there's so many ways to experience loneliness, and it is sometimes debilitating, so it is such an important thing to talk about. Yes, it can especially be debilitating. So one thing we want to make the distinction between I was reading a research article that was discussing social loneliness versus emotional loneliness, and we can put a link to this 
in the notes as well, but it's called Correlates of Social and Emotional Loneliness in Older People, Evidence from an English Community Study. And this defines social loneliness as the absence of an acceptable social network, that is, a wider circle of friends and acquaintances that can provide a sense of belonging, of companionship, and of being a member of a community, whereas emotional loneliness refers to the absence of an attachment figure in one's life and someone to turn to. So that is incredibly important because sometimes while we may be surrounded by people we can still feel lonely and it's a different sort of loneliness that you feel when you just don't have people around. So for example, if you're experiencing social isolation because of the pandemic, you might be alone but not necessarily lonely because you know there are people you can connect with. It's just a situation putting you in that space versus if you're really emotionally lonely, it's because you don't feel you have anyone you can confide in. So even if you're with a bunch of people, you might still feel lonely. So it's very important that we distinguish between being alone and being lonely because you can be alone when with other people physically and you don't necessarily have to feel lonely even when you are alone. Yes. I would say in my shelter in place experience, it has been less lonely than I would have anticipated. At the very beginning, yes, I am in my apartment and I am alone in my apartment. I do have my boyfriend who I see in person, but other than that, there's not many in-person people that I've been seeing. But because of the pandemic, so many people did reach out and we've connected via phone. And, And one of my friends the other day said, I feel like I've been having more deep conversations since this pandemic because we just have more time to think and discuss. And so I have felt a lot more emotionally connected to friends, even though they are far away on different sides of the country. And that has kept my loneliness at bay. However, now as the pandemic is continuing (laughs) and we are in month, I think four, um, that has kind of I guess, neutralized. And now I'm feeling more waves of loneliness because physically there are less people around me and that is starting to hit me more. So while I still have those emotional connections, they are, you know, more, what's it called? Plateauing, plateauing in my emotions, I guess. And then now I'm craving more of that physical connection with people and I am having a lot more waves. Yeah. One thing that's been interesting for me is I totally agree. Definitely have connected with people I hadn't in a while, which has never made me feel alone through this experience. But there are a lot of things happening right now that have come to be very divisive issues when you would think that, you know, I was being the optimist that I am when the pandemic started. I was like, you know, this is awful, but I bet everyone's going to be so much closer after this. And in actuality, I think we even talked about that in our previous episodes. Like, we're like, oh, it's going to be like, we're going to have so much more unifying. But yeah, yeah, continue. The big community. But in actuality, there's this great divide of do we wear a mask or do we not? Do we take it seriously or do we not? And then on top of that, there's the Black Lives Matter movement. And I've been really surprised by certain people's reactions to it that are very different (laughs) from my own. And so in that sense, it's like, it's a different breed of loneliness as well, where you're talking to someone who you're close to, but then you realize you actually have very differing opinions on some, some deeply held values. And I find that 
when there's an incongruence of values and my value system doesn't match up with someone else's, I can potentially feel like I'm not understood. And that feeling of not being understood makes me feel incredibly lonely, even though I know that person well and I appreciate that person. I know they understand me in other ways. It's really a time to reflect on what constitutes a good friend discussion for another day. But also something to keep in mind is just because you're surrounding yourself with, quote, good people, unless you have that fulfilling connection and you really relate on certain values, not saying you need to relate on all values. Yeah, I can definitely still friends with people that have differing values than me. And I think that's incredibly important to keep us well-rounded and on our toes. But if you're feeling like you're not understood or your relationships are shallow or empty, then like, let's say you're not talking about these things at all, that's going to make you feel lonely as well. So one thing that has happened for me is throughout this pandemic, I've lost touch with certain people that I used to hang out with frequently. And it's because without the going out factor, we don't really have as much to connect on. So that's something to think about as well. And I know Molly, back when you lived in Boston, you experienced some of that too. Yeah. So first off, before we switch into my experience in Boston, because that's the whole thing, it is important to talk about like that values thing. And I know we talk about that a lot in a previous episode, discussing, um, having discussions based on different views, but there are some values that you can push aside and just kind of, how do I say this? There are human rights values that are really hard to ignore when you're having these kind of discussions that can make you feel isolated in your connections with people if they don't align. That's all I wanted to say on that. It's very off topic. But going back to my experience in Boston, yes, there was so many more deep pits of loneliness versus waves. It was a very lonely time in my life. I feel very removed from it now, but I remember when Trisha and I would talk on the phone, like it was, we would get really deep and dark. (laughs) Like it wasn't, um, great. I was feeling really lonely and I moved out there some backstory. I moved out there right after grad school because I just fell in love with the city. I didn't know anybody. And I was like, I'm going to move out there, start my new life. Boston is it for me. And then I ended up moving out there. And if you're not familiar with Boston, it has a very familial feel to it. If you're from there, people who are from there are so rooted and connected in their Boston hood and outsiders. If they're not connected and tethered to something already, like people who go to school in Boston have a very different feeling than I had because they're tethered to their, um, cohort or their community in that school. I didn't have that. I went to, I had a job. There was, I think 15 employees there. I tried really hard to join other groups and stuff, but I just never made those emotional connections that Trisha, you were talking about earlier that made me feel so lonely. And what I ended up doing is I would, you know, find some people that agreed to hang out with me and I would hang out with them And I would go on lots of dates, (laughs) but I never had that time of feeling that emotional connection. So while I was busy a lot of the time, I was extremely lonely because I wasn't getting that emotional connection with the people that I was spending time with. And so I found myself talking to my parents and Trisha a lot and my other friends just to feel tethered and connected to some sort of community because I was feeling so alone and floating and it was it was really, really hard. And, and something that made me feel deeper in that loneliness, which I want to get into more, is just 
comparing myself on social media to everyone else who had also just graduated grad school, who was starting their new life, married and in their cities and da-da-da-da-da. And I was just stuck so deeply in comparing myself to those people that it made it even worse. Yeah. So one thing I want to mention that touch on that you had said is all of that in summation is it's really important when you're thinking about friendships and relationships, quality over quantity. So even though I remember talking to Molly and she was like, she said, very busy, she was passing her time and not necessarily passing the time alone. Like she was with other people. But if the people you were with Molly weren't filling that void that you had, that need and longing for deep connection, then you're still going to feel lonely. So it's, yes, it's better to to make friends and sometimes like cast a wide net of friends and some of them aren't going to turn into fulfilling relationships. So it's good that Molly, you at least tried and did that. And so definitely don't just stay at home because you think, well, they're not going to be a good friend because you don't know. And those things take time. But if over time it's like, you don't have any of those deep connections around you, it can be really tough. And I remember Molly and I were still very close during that time. And so we would talk about things a lot and to touch on the, comparison element. I know I had just moved to New York and I had friends pretty easily because I went to New York for grad school. And so it was different for me because I had a built-in friend group. I had my classmates. And so I that comparison factor happens too. Or it's like, oh, well, Trisha just moved to a city and has all these friends. And like, you know, and Oh yeah, that our conversations when we did talk and you were like, oh, I'm doing this thing. Oh, I'm doing this thing. And I was like, oh no, what can I tell her that I'm doing so can I can like be equal to her? That was a lot of my brain space taking up when we were talking is like, what can I say that I'm doing or that I have the potential to do to make myself feel equal to Trisha because she's so busy with these friends? But remember too, even on our conversations and especially on social media, a lot of that is a facade. So even though at the time I didn't realize that a lot of those friendships weren't going to last, which in hindsight, some of them did, not all of them for sure. But eventually I hit a wall in New York and I was like, oh my gosh, I just woke up and I was like, wow, I have no one here. I'm super lonely, which wasn't true. That was also me creating stories for myself because I did develop some really strong relationships while I was in New York with people that were around me, but it also, all that glitters is it gold. And so while you can look at a social media picture, talk to your friend about all these friends that they're spending time with, you don't know what's going on inside their head. You don't know how fulfilling that relationship is. And so just, even though it's easier said than done, when you see those things, remind yourself that one, you don't know how they're feeling, but also no matter where you are in the world, One thing that really helps me when I'm feeling lonely, if I'm having a moment or a, a phase, is to stop and really think about all the people that I do have in my life, whether or not they're physically close to me or not. And so sometimes, like a few weeks ago, I just had this one day where I was just all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so lonely. I have no friends. And I think it was just getting to me that I wasn't going out as much as I used to because of the pandemic. And I wasn't staying at my family's house anymore. And I was living alone. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so there, I, was, I felt I have no one I can call in this moment, even though that's not true at all. I could have called Molly for one. I could have called my mom. I could have called people. But what helps me is to sit down and write out a list of all the people that matter to you. And it doesn't have to be a long list. It can be one person. It doesn't matter. But there's going to be someone that if you dig deep enough, there's going to be someone who you can 
think about that, you know, this person loves me and I care about them as well. And so just having that reminder. And then sometimes what I'll do is I'll start with the people closest to me and then branch out. And then you think about all the casual acquaintances too. And it's like, oh, wow, like there are people in this world that I matter to. And that can be helpful if we're getting in that depressed spiral of, oh, I feel like a lot of loneliness can turn into feeling sorry for ourselves and thinking that no one cares about us. But actually, if you sit down and think about it logically, it's like, no, there are a lot of people that care about me. If I weren't around, that would matter to them. And so just to combat some of those depressive thoughts, and again, don't get fixated on the list. If you're listening to this right now, getting really upset, thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have a long list of people. It doesn't have to be long. And it can be something as simple as the person at the grocery store that you smiled at when you were checking out. Like you made that person's day a little brighter by smiling at them. So, well, not now because we have to wear masks at the store, but. (laughs) Smile with your eyes, guys, like Tyra Banks said. Yeah, I feel like people have been so friendly at stores lately, at least here. that's good. Not so much here. (laughs) Really? Yeah. But anyway, so just remember that you are loved. Yes, and so what I was just thinking about when you were talking about that, Trisha, is the root of what you were saying is to essentially get out of your own head and the stories you're telling yourself and land back into reality. Because it's so easy to stay in your made-up land in your head and feed into and believe all the cognitive distortions that you're telling yourself. So I am not a mental health professional, but I've heard a lot about cognitive distortions. And basically what that is is when your brain is distorting the reality into these different thoughts that you're having in your head. So by writing down people that you actually have deep connections with in reality brings you back to earth, right? It, it takes you out of this fog and world you've created in your head that is most likely worse than what it is in reality. So by taking pen to paper, it roots you, it grounds you, and makes you remember what you really have. And I know, Trisha, you even journal a lot, and I'm sure that probably has a lot to do with how grounded in reality you are in that too. Um, But just, again, taking yourself out of your head, remembering that what you see and what stories you're telling yourself aren't always true, and that biggest thing too here I want to mention is that everybody experiences loneliness. This is not something that only Trisha and I have experienced. I guarantee if you share this episode with anybody, they will say, yes, I have experienced loneliness because it is such a universal feeling, whether it is the same in depth or length for other people, everyone has those tings and waves and depths of loneliness. Yeah, so I want to comment on what you said about journaling. That is so helpful for me. So that day <laughs> that I had this huge breakdown and I was like, I can't call anyone, which I know isn't true, which if you're in a bout of loneliness, call someone. It'll make you feel better. But sometimes it's just that's too much for us. If we're really feeling depressed, that's a lot. That's a big effort. So one thing you can do, stay off social media because then you're going to start comparing yourself. And sometimes even watching a movie or reading a book can make me feel more lonely because I start comparing myself. And I know Molly is nodding her head vigorously. We yes. compare ourselves to the characters. Like, why don't I have that? So what I find, rather than doing something passive like that, do something active and creative because then instead of creating these stories about, oh my gosh, I'm 
so lonely, I have nobody, I'm worthless, all these things that we tell ourselves, instead of creating those stories, I journal and I it makes it feel more objective. And sometimes I'll do creative writing because that gets me away from the problem entirely. And so it doesn't have to be journaling if that's not your thing, but do something creative, whether you're cooking or you're going to build something or whatever resonates with you, but do something that is not suppressing the emotion because you're actually... One, you're distracting yourself, but you're not distracting yourself in a way that's just putting the um, pretending the emotion doesn't exist. So for example, if I'm feeling lonely and I say, I'm just going to scroll through social media for 30 minutes, that scrolling is distracting me for sure. I'm no longer thinking about my problem, but it's going to increase our anxiety. It's going to lead us to compare ourselves more and it's suppressing the emotion. Versus something active like journaling, I am dealing with the emotions, I'm thinking about it, and I'm now moving forward by creating something, and I'm able to see it more objectively. So you're not suppressing the emotion, but you're using that energy towards something constructive. And again, it doesn't have to be journaling, but even if you turn that into, okay, I'm going to go garden, you're now distracting yourself, but distracting yourself with creation, as opposed to distracting yourself with something that's going to force all those emotions down and probably exacerbate them. This is kind of off topic and I just, but I just pictured like artists in our day and age, whether it be through art or like physical art, painting, drawing, or music. I can't imagine them starting to feel these feelings of loneliness and then saying, Oh, I'm just going to go on my phone. No, they, they fostered into something that they use in their art and it turns out to something beautiful. And then they're, acknowledging their feelings, they're feeling their feelings, and then they use it to better their understanding of themselves and share their expression and their feelings with others, which does a world of good. So I love what you're saying about that. And you don't have to be an artist. Yeah, no, I'm not an artist. I, you know... My mother is an artist, and I really wish she gave me some of those things, but Uh she did not. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I and 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 admittedly, I am very very bad at fostering my creative self. And maybe something that I'll think of after this episode is how I would foster my own creativity after feelings of you know loneliness. And if I were to say pick something right now, I would probably say. Maybe painting. I feel like every time I look out in nature recently, I figure, I think about like how I would paint that. So maybe I'll do that. Like choose something that isn't typically your modality that you would choose if you're not a quote unquote creative person. Like figure something out that you would want to use your loneliness feelings in to create something. Yeah. And not to delve into this too much, but Molly, you don't have to paint something. You do creative things all the time. And sometimes we naturally do this out of when we're lonely or we're stressed or anxious, but I know sometimes you'll be like, yeah, I was just like in this mood. So I decided to do some art for our social media, for the podcast. Mm. And it made me feel so much better. And that's think of that because you take, that's a creative thing. And she, you made our logo one day. And then when you do something like that, you're taking yourself out of this 
place of me, 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 which is what happens when we're lonely. We're so focused on ourselves. But when you, for doing the podcast, for example, that artwork, now you feel like you're contributing to society as a whole. And that makes us feel less lonely too. So maybe it's not painting, but maybe it's contributing. Go out and volunteer. That will make you feel less lonely. Make a donation online. That will make you feel somewhat less lonely. Like do something that gives back to the community because then no, maybe you're not receiving a bunch of praise for it. You're not surrounded by people, but it makes it reminds you that you're part of a greater cause. You're part of a larger world. And so when we get stuck in those feelings of loneliness, it is very easy to forget our importance in the world. And it's very easy to forget our place. And so we need to, or one thing that can be helpful is do something that reminds you, even that could be something for work. It could be something for your kids. It could be something for your neighbors. Just do something small that is for someone else. And that will take a lot of the focus off yourself as well. Yes. And I think this can easily be get confused with just keeping distracted and staying busy, but they're very different, right? There's ways to like, stay connected and tethered to community versus just busy work to keep your brain distracted. Those are two very separate things that I wanted to make sure that is highlighted because Trisha, what you're saying is so important. But and you want the action to be fulfilling. If yes. you're distracting yourself, it's not going to be fulfilling. You're going to feel worse after. So if you're confused, like, is this distracting me or is this productive? Go by how you feel afterwards. I never feel yeah. good after I scroll. <laughs> Nope. I just feel like stressed because I look at the time and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but um, another thing that I wanted to mention kind of off of that vein is when you're lonely, I feel like I have this visual in my brain of I could probably float up into the sky and nobody would even notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I also think would be really helpful, kind of like you said, Trisha, do something fulfilling, but even smaller than that is just go take a walk near people just to remind yourself that you are part of the human race. <laughs> like mm-hmm. going outside and just remembering there are people and that they are, you're in a community, whether it is like in your neighborhood, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's on a hike, like remind yourself that people are around and do your best not to look at those people and then compare yourself to their situation. Because I've also done that when I'm not in a great headspace and go out and walk and I'm like, well, that couple looks happy or that large group of friends is having an outing and they're so like connected. So make sure you just feel, you know, yourself as a presence in your community, say hi to people, wave and just have a tether to other humans. Yeah. So that is something that I've dealt with a lot because I've done a lot of travels by myself and sometimes eating alone at a restaurant is like the most terrifying thing. And I would just compare myself and I'd look at, Oh, look at that family. Look at that couple. Look at those friends. And I'd be so jealous and like feel sorry for myself. So it's really took a lot of effort for me to rewire my brain to say, no, this is cool. I'm eating alone. I have the confidence to eat by myself. And so what I would do is start chatting with the waiters and I'd make their day because I was there and they'd be like, Oh, Oh, you know, and especially if you're traveling, it's it, it's a little easier when you're traveling versus in your hometown. But I even did that recently in Savannah, where I went by myself, and the waiter and I were like having a great conversation. And so it, that made me feel less lonely about it. When it's very easy to, especially like think about cities like New York. They say it's the loneliest, one of the loneliest cities in the world. Even though you're surrounded by people, taking a walk and seeing everyone else walking can be really tragic and devastating. Especially, I think. 
we talked recently about doing that on Valentine's Day and how that can be detrimental to our mental health. But if you Mm -hmm. reframe the perspective to say, I'm choosing this and I'm not alone and here's what I'm doing and making the most of it by making some sort of human connection. The other thing I just want to point touch on briefly, and then we'll get into our takeaways is for me personally, one of the biggest antidotes to loneliness is my spirituality. Definitely not saying that everyone needs to have a spiritual practice if that's not your thing, but just know that if you are a spiritual person, that should be the first thing you go to because the, having that connection to a higher power, it's like, why would I ever feel alone? I'm not alone. I feel connected to something. I meditate for a long time every morning. I pray a lot. And when you're, when I'm praying, I think about other people and that instantly automatically grounds me to them and makes me feel connected to them, even if they have no idea that I'm praying for them. And I actually saw a really cute quote right before the show that was talking about how it was like, there are people in our lives that come and go and like they, and I forget the whole quote, I should cite it. But one thing was like, I wear t-shirts that friends from second grade gave me, or I have this thing from my ex that I haven't talked to in years, or my password is my friend in middle school's birthday. And so it's just, or I pray for people that I haven't talked to in years, but then it's just remember that you do this for other people. Imagine how many people are thinking of you and you're part of people's lives that you have no idea. And that's kind of a cool thought. So even when you're lonely, remember you're a memory for someone. You're in someone else's life in some way. Maybe someone's using a gift that you gave them. Maybe they think about you when they see a certain type of food because it was your favorite. So even if you feel in the present moment like you're lost or confused or alone, you're not. Your mark has been made on someone somewhere. And so that's just kind of a nice thought, I think. I really, really like that. And I'm thinking right now, like, people I've forgotten about, like, what if they have something that I gave them? Or what if they have this memory of me of something I said that they think about a lot? Like, that is so calming and heartwarming. So I think I about that. people all the time that I haven't talked to in, like, 10 years. And then it's like, you I do. Never- <laughs> you bring up random people. I'm like, who the heck is that? And you're like, remember that person when I was wearing this thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But like, I'm sure someone somewhere thinks of me on occasion too. Of course, of course. But I think you I, vocalize it more. I have those thoughts too, for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's get into some takeaways. All right. So my takeaway for today sounds counterintuitive, but my takeaway is If you start to have a wave of loneliness or a feeling of lonely, I would sit in that feeling alone. Don't sit in it and scroll. Don't sit in it and, you know, distract yourself with something meaningless. But sit in it and be introspective about it. And do something that either we talked about is going to be creative or somehow contributing to the society. Take a couple, you know, times to think about what that might be for yourself. What I suggest isn't going to be what you guys do, but somehow take that time to sit alone and do something either creative or fulfilling to the greater good. Yeah, and don't put pressure on yourself to be like, oh, what is this little painting on my, whatever, on my porch going to contribute to society? It's good for you. So just do it to get yourself out of that. Yeah, creative or fulfilling, yep. So my takeaway would be 
to really sit and think about all the people that care about you and all the people that you care about. And if you are thinking about them and you matter to them in some way, for every person that you think about, there are probably others that think about you that you don't even realize. And really just writing that out can be an exercise in gratitude and humility. And it reminds ourselves that when we get stuck in our heads of, oh, I'm so lonely, it's easy to create that story for sure. But remember that it's probably not true and it's okay. Give yourself permission to feel that feeling and say, I feel lonely now. And it's okay to talk about it with your friends and say, yeah, I was feeling really lonely this week. And that's fine. But also recognize that people do care about you, whether you realize it or not. And we're here for you. If you feel lonely, please message us and we will talk to you. Yeah. And I do want to point out that our takeaways did have nothing to do with going out and meeting people. I think that's really important to state because it is starting a lot with what's going on inside of yourself and your feelings and grappling with that first before you go and put a bandaid on it and go join a meetup or something. So make sure to really reflect on that before you go and do those bandaid actions. Yes, that's true. And if you feel like you're at the point where, okay, I've dealt with this, I'm ready to meet people, you can reference our episode on how to talk to strangers or where to meet friends as an adult. Of course, a little different in a pandemic, but the principles still apply. Thank you all. And another really, really quick note. If you feel like this is more than just loneliness, please go talk to a mental health professional. Make sure that you reach out to somebody if this is more than just a bout of loneliness. If this is feeling more like depression to you or anxiety or something deeper, don't feel like you have to do this alone. Reach out to someone in the mental health field. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Lost Art of Communication. Feel free to email us. We would love to hear from you at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns, or if you're just feeling a little lonely and you want someone to chat with, we'd love to talk to you. Have a wonderful day and thank you for listening. Thank you.